Hello, Michigan State fans, and welcome to another edition of the 2021 Press Quarters podcast. I'm Andrew Bell, joined as always with my partner in crime, Ronnie, Ronnie Plazinski. Ronnie, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I am excited for these podcasts to matter uh, this late in the season, which is not something we knew was going to be a sure thing. Well, the podcast always matters. It's whether the right. Excuse me. Right. It's not me and you filling dead space. There's actually meaning, which is something we haven't had this late into the season pretty much since we started this thing. Correct. Um, I guess 2017. Did we start doing this in 2017? I don't We remember. did have it in 2017, but I feel like we had already I think we had already lost a game or two in there, right? So it wasn't exciting, but not like this. And that, that's kind of the exciting thing, I think. And we, you and I had talked about it. it. It's fun to matter. It's fun to have meaningful games in October. And, you know, not to state it lightly, I know we've talked about it. Michigan State needs to take care of business in the next two games in order to really, really make a statement in Mel, Mel Tucker's, you know, expo facto first year. And he can really put the program on a different directory direction than we actually thought it would would get this fast i mean we're, we're talking i think we're like a year or two ahead of schedule so it's a really exciting two weeks but it means nothing if you can't complete the games yeah so i think that yeah i think the easy the quote-unquote easy part of the schedule is over there were two gimmies youngstown state and we thought all thought western kentucky and uh you know state goes two and oh in those um a lot of toss-ups I think that so far they're they're perfect on, and obviously I thought before the year that Miami was going to be a sure loss, and you know I'm happy to be wrong about that. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Now from now on, not only does does the schedule get harder, but the games you know actually matter. If you go through, you know I think every team in the Big Ten East right now has at least a hope of a, a hope of a bowl game. You know, Rutgers is three and two. Indiana, I think, is two and three. Um, but obviously, has faced some very tough competition off the bat. Uh, it, it just goes. It, there are no real easy games left. I think even Purdue is like three and one or four and two or something like that or whatever it is. So, I, you know, I got to tell you, it, it's been it's been good so far. But um, man, tough tough road ahead. Definitely tough road ahead, but I do think the next two games are manageable games. I think that, you know, it will be really interesting to see if Tucker can get the team, and I, and I really do think he has a lot of saving in him, to focus on these next two games to get to Michigan. We do not need this team looking ahead to, ahead to Michigan. I know it's like a cliche, but it's kind of an easy thing to do, especially right now with Michigan being undefeated. You know, you're looking at 9 versus 11. Indiana's had more struggles than we assumed. Obviously, their defense is worse. This team can't overlook anyone. And I do think it's actually, I mean, it's never good to lose to, to Butkers, but it's a good, I almost it's think it's a going. good thing they lost to them last year because I think that there's a little bit of a chip on the shoulder in this game, which gives the team extra motivation. I mean, Tucker sounded pissed off in his press conference talking about those seven turnovers. And remember, some of our like most sure guys had them. Jaden Reed, two turnovers in that game, couldn't hold on to the ball. Um, you know, it was just a... Uh, it was a terrible performance. I think that does give us uh, an extra fire maybe in our bellies that we might not have had otherwise going into this week, which I think is important because I don't think Rutgers is, you know, the normal Rutgers. I think Shiano has a discipline. So it'll be really interesting to see if Tucker can keep them focused going forward in these next two games. 
Yeah, I think uh, first let's not call them buckers. One, we're not. We're not. I'm going to call them. I'm going to call them. I'm calling them buckers. I I will never not call them buckers. You can't. You can't. You can't do that when they when they beat you at home last year in your head coach's debut. I mean, that is that is that's some Michigan level of disrespect of the of the opponent. I mean, they it was it was. I think if you you spike the I think you spike the ball on fourth down ever. I think you are Butkers from here on out. Okay, that's oh, be that as it may, they certainly are not the worst team in the Big Ten. I think that goes. No, to I Illinois. do agree with that, and I think Northwestern yes. is worse. Quite frankly, there they are. They have at least a a uh, statistical hope of a bowl game, uh, having three uh, you know three wins so far. Granted, you know their win over Syracuse is looking better each week. I think Syracuse is now four and one with their only loss to Rutgers. Um, so, you know, maybe this isn't, you know, maybe this team isn't as, uh, you know, laughable as, as you might think. So no, but I, they definitely are not, they are not, I mean, Shiano does a good job at Rutgers. We will say that he has done a good job. Uh, and I think they are not the, the Rutgers of old where, you know, it was easy, you know, everyone would just say, that's why you're Rutgers. I don't know if you remember ESPN used to do that all the time. Uh, and I do think they tackle well, they're disciplined, um, but they do have moments like they probably should have beat Michigan had they not gone full Rutgers. Like that's just the only way to say it. I don't know if you watched that game, but they made some horrible mistakes, horrible play calling, but they are solid and they don't beat themselves. And that's something that I think is pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, they also had the, I mean, they also had the ability to, to hang with Michigan in Ann Arbor for four quarters. Okay. And that's not, you know, you can say what you will about Michigan, which I don't think is great. You know, I don't think they're amazing. They're not next level, whatever, but they, they're at least a decent team. You know, they're certainly a bowl team. They're certainly probably, you know, they're probably a nine win outfit um, this year. And, uh, and and Rutgers went toe to toe with them, you know, down, I think 17, nothing or 17, three and came roaring back and, you know, really had an opportunity to win that game. Um, of course, then they, they played uh, Ohio State last week and just got the doors blown off of them. Um, and I think that's where you really see Shiano. I mean, Shiano's recruiting is certainly picked up in this class coming that will come in in 2022, but it's not there. And he didn't have the influx of transfer talent that MSU did this year. Uh, he didn't get another. But he, wave d- he did a little. He did a little last year, though. They did no, have a did. good he amount did. of transfers last year, and that actually really helped them. And I thought was one of the main reasons that they beat Michigan State. They looked a little more prepared than we did right out of the jump. And a lot of that goes along with him having those older transfers coming in, making an impact. Well, absolutely. But, but now they're not in the, uh, you know, no. they're not in the system. You know, they're, they, there's not another jump in, in talent is what I'm saying. No. There wasn't, no, there wasn't another 100%. upgrade. They, they, they are very similar to last year. Um, but I guess not we'll, a, well, hold know. on real quick before before we go wild into Rutgers, we have not embraced the animal, the big uh, elephant in the room that Ross Ells is the greatest coach to ever uh, coach football. Oh, stop, stop! No, Dude, I'm very when, when, when Jaden Reed was taking that, I just started laughing. I was like, I think this is like the first time we have had two in a row in forever, and it's all Ross Ells. <laughs> I think it was like 1972 or something. The last time they had back-to-back punt, down, punt return touchdowns or something silly like that. Um, no, uh, MSU special teams. It's weird because you usually hear about defense and special teams. Well, right now MSU is mostly offense and special teams. Um, you know, other than the second half against Nebraska, the defense really hasn't had to carry the the day too much. Um, first time in 20 years, right? Like since the beginning right. of D'Antonio. Like thank God for the first time the offense is carrying its own weight. 
Well, but and, but the special teams have a you know it's funny it's it's really only the place kicking that is that is a, a struggle right now, and that quite frankly has a lot to do with the long snapper. Um, I think more than it does Coglin. Yes, I would agree with that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah, kind 100%. of hundred percent. And and I actually thought the defense for last game. I mean, I know everyone looks at the the yards and says, "Oh my god, the pass defense is so." Neither do I. And they, you know. And Western Kentucky was very good. I mean, Zappi, give him credit. I thought he was uh, phenomenal. I thought he was like a really warrior. I mean, that kid was hurt, and he just kept coming out. But, I mean, they only had, I think it was like 17, 18 points, and they scored at the end two kind of, excuse me, touchdowns. We're still here. But I thought the defense did a really good job, especially early getting them to a couple three and outs, getting Michigan State to a 21-3 to lead. I mean, I don't know if it was 21 to 3 or 26. Either way, they got him out, and I mean, there was no real doubt after that. And I think, you know, credit to the defense. They gave up a lot of yards, but I thought they did a good job relative to what the task is. Because, I mean, you basically played the Navy of throwing football, and I thought you did a pretty good job. Um, and I think that's like the most difficult passing outfit they'll face outside of, you know, the Chris Olaves of the world. Well, yeah, I think Ohio State is going to be number one just from the, the skill standpoint. From a scheme standpoint, right. I mean, that's it. I mean, they're, they're literally number one in the country in pass offense. Right. Even, before, even going into the game. And, and, and that was what they did. And it was, it's weird when you say, you know, Zappi had um, 7.7 yards per pass attempt, which is objectively, that's a, that's a good day for a quarterback. Well, he was averaging 10 and a half going in. So yeah. MSU actually held them to about, you know, 70, a 70% output, which is pretty good. And if you look at the numbers, you know, I, you don't have to make it too fancy, but just look at the, the yardage allowed. Um, you know, they're 123rd, 308 yards given up through the air. Okay. That's terrible. But the pass efficiency defense is 63rd, which is, which is middling still, but it's not, it's not catastrophic. Um, you know, and that's because they're, they're giving up a lot of, a lot of, underneath passes that aren't really they're not getting beat downfield a lot um in fact at all and they're keeping things in front of them and so you know the total defense this year is is not i mean 102nd total defense is terrible okay 429 yards a game that's awful well the scoring defense you know as long as you can burn them from scoring it doesn't matter right um and the um the the, the scoring defense is um 39th in the country 20.6 and that's good enough now, I, I got to tell you, I'm a little worried about that because, uh, you know, the, the yard, yards per point stat. Yeah, you, I think you and I, have ta- you and I have talked about it. It's like 20 is like an insane number, right? Yeah, so the, so the average, so it, it's simple. It's not a po- opponent adjusted or anything like that. But in general, the idea is that an average team most years scores or gives up a point for every 14.4 yards given or gained. And it, go, it may be down to 14.2 now, or some years it might be 14.6, but 14.4 seems to be about where it falls over a, you know, a rolling 10 year average. So from that perspective, the, the, the defense should be giving up about 30 points a game. Okay. 29.8 points a game. Um, but what they're doing is giving up I here. I'll, I'll just run the numbers really quick here, uh, divided by 20.6. They're, they're at 20, instead of 14.4 yards a point, they're giving up, they're at 20.8 yards a point. Well, Which that's is insane. No, that, that's like Alabama good. For instance, like the 2013 right. MSU defense was at 18.7. 
yeah. because they gave up so few yards, they gave up, you know, fewer points. So they're kind of living a little, they're living very much on the edge of that. They uh, are, but I will say, I will say when they get into the red zone, I feel like they really, they get kind of exotic. And I, I really do feel like the defense really buckles down. Maybe it's because the corners are more comfortable not getting beat over the top. But for whatever reason, in the red zone, I really do feel like they lock down. And I'm pretty confident when in the red zone, you know, even, you know, at Miami now, like I feel like this team is going to stop them. And I, maybe that comes down to Henderson being all over the field. I don't know. But I, for whatever reason, when they get into the red zone, I feel like all teams, not just Western Kentucky, really struggle against us. And I, I, I'm not really sure why I can't really put a good, you know, reason to it besides I just think they're strong when they when they're like their safeties are confident, no one's going to be behind them, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're, I, I guess that helps. And especially since they've played a lot of spread offenses, you know, Rutgers is actually going to be one of the few power based run offenses they see in the, before they, right. in fact, the only one they're going to see before they play Michigan. So the spread offenses are notoriously bad at converting in the red zone, either it's a big play or it's a field goal, um, which has helped MSU quite frankly, this year, but, right. but that, but that, that number is really, it, it's, it's just not, it, it's not sustainable for this. No. It, it was not going to happen. Either they need to start giving up less yards or pe- teams are just by average going to score more points on them. Um, you can't, you know, you can maybe have a season like, you know, I keep refer- referencing Michigan in 2011. Remember they had that Greg Madison defense and everyone was all, all crazy about it. And I think they were at like, um, Oh no! I think 2015. They had those. I'm sorry. They had three shutouts in a row. Remember? Yeah. They were they were God's gift. But I, I I remember getting in arguments with people. I'm like, you're at like 32 or 31 yards per point. It, it just does that doesn't happen. Like the best in like the last whatever however many years that that like that like next level Alabama defense was at like 22 for the season. Like you're just it's not going to happen. Like you're just getting like you're getting too many fumble recoveries. It's just it, it'll even out. And what happens? You know, state scores twenty six or twenty seven on them, and and that things kind of even out. Um, the good news though is is the offense is is very much in line. Um, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a, that that's not an outlier. I don't think so. No, um, no. They're I, the, the, yeah, they're at twelve point three yards per point, which is good. It's efficient. It's better than average efficiency. And that's with the punt returns. Of course that helps, but it's not, it's not like, wow, you're living, you know, you got really lucky or anything like that. No, the offense is good. And and something about college football. And I I think we all know they're not talented enough to go on long 15 play drives. College football players are not executing at the level of NFL players. They need big plays. They need those explosive plays. They're not going to continuously 15-yard drive their way down a field. And when you have players like Kenneth Walker, when you have players like Jaden Reed, and when you have accurate players like Peyton Thorne, it makes life a lot easier. And it makes those that point per you know uh, yards per point, it makes those numbers look really good. You have Jaden Reed making plays all over the field. I mean, and look, you can see Michigan State made mistakes. Uh, third down and long, like 18, early in the third quarter. Peyton Thorne makes an amazing, you know, read, throw to read, read drops the ball. You know, I think Peyton Thorne was uh, 20 of 30 in this game, and I think there was three or four drops from the receivers. I mean, these are, you know, I mean, Jaden Reed is an All-American wide receiver. Connor Hayward has some of the surest hands. Those are two of the drops. You know, college offenses aren't designed to be that perfect. So Michigan State is very lucky to have 
multiple home run hitters on its team. It's something we have lacked in the last, you know, since Felton Davis. And I mean, it's something you're seeing really help this offense. I mean, we're getting the end zone and we're getting the end zone fast. We're not having to, you know, bog down, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, which is just not going to work in today's college football. And I think that that is why the offensive numbers, like you said, 12 yards per point, I think that's, you know, when you have guys like Jaden Reed Walker, that's not only, that's not an out, that's not an outlier. That's true. That's, you know, more than sustainable. You know, that's a fan, you know, honestly, Ronnie, fantastic point. Uh, just, just a really fantastic point. And I think, I think having really my, my development as a football fan and someone that, that really started paying attention to the game really came through the D'Antonio era. So I really watched a lot of that kind of football and that style of football. And I'm so used to the defense just being locked down that I, I think I view state's team perhaps as weaker than it actually is because the defense is letting the opponent move them down the field so much. But you're right. And I'm probably, I'm probably discounting slightly discounting the the value of that of of the explosive play um it, because you're absolutely right i mean I, I don't know what the numbers are but i would imagine that a disproportionate number of scoring drives have a pass over 20 yards or a run over 15 yards in them okay most you're right most teams aren't aren't dink and dunking their way up the field and i think you're right that msu's defense by design forces you to do that the problem is, I think that you know their third—they're giving up about forty percent of their third-down conversions. And what's that's really the bad, killer to me. That's well, the it's, killer it's to the me. it's the eighty percent. It's 79 percent on fourth down that they're giving up. They're on the field just too much. And watching yes, the absolutely. offense sputter the second half of both games, the defense is left out to dry the second half of both these games. I mean, they face ninety snaps against Western Kentucky. Okay, ninety nine zero. Yeah, Angel yeah, Gross had, had sixteen tackles. Yeah, Angel Gross had sixteen tackles. That's a, that's yeah, a good I mean, two game stretch for a linebacker, let alone one game for a safety. Now I get it. You know they're they're passing a little bit downfield, so you're gonna your safety is gonna get in there. But that's crazy, Ronnie. That's it crazy. Is, it is, no, it, it's not sustainable. And, and I agree with you one hundred percent. It's too much. I mean, the offense in the second half, there's some weird things. Like, I, I think Jay Johnson has done a great job. I really like Jay Johnson. There's been some questionable play calls. I mean, there's no question. There's things where you're just like, oh, man, like, you know, third and two. Why are you just – why are we even giving the Thorn option to carry the ball? Just give it to Kenneth Walker. Don't be cute with it. And I feel like we've gotten a little cute in the last two games in the second half, which is, you know, it's not costed us, yes, but it's slowly – you know, you're too many times you're walking that thin line where something's going to bite you in the ass. And like this team is very good, but like you said, the defense isn't so good where you can get away with this all the time. Like, you know, we went for it on fourth and one, didn't get it. Western Kentucky comes back and scores. You're not going to be able to do that against Michigan. You're not going to be able to do that against, you know, Ohio state when the time comes. So those things really need to clean up, but at least we're not cleaning them up after losses. You know, it's true. It's true. But you, you know, you are, you are, um, you know, more than a couple of games into the season, you know, and at what point do you, you know, how much more time do you have to really fix things? Um, and that's kind of the, if we're talking, you know, we're no longer talking about just getting this team to bowl eligibility, right? We're talking yeah. about actually winning, winning something of significance this year, getting to not nine wins, getting potentially to 10 wins, uh, New Year's Day, potential New Year's six bowl in, in, you know, what they say, you know, year one, it's, 
it's it's I'm not quite ready to say to expect it, but it's becoming it's 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 not a pipe dream. Okay. No, if but you win have, the next two games, I expect it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think you talk about focus now. So let's let, let's talk a little bit about Western Kentucky. Um, that was a that was about as complete a first half as I against an opponent with a pulse as I've seen. Um, yes, I mean that was absolute. I mean it was it was forty two to sixteen at halftime, and Thorne rebounded, which was really good to see. I oh, mean yeah. he was accurate, he was confident, he was in control of that offense. That was something I was really excited to see. I know we talked about it a little bit. Everyone was worried. That was a real positive to me. I, I thought he was clicking on all cylinders, um, and that was that was really exciting. And I thought that uh, Jaden Reed just continues to impress. Not only the punt return, but he had that touchdown where he had kind of that change of speed. I mean, those were some things that, you know, just good to see. I mean, it just keeps happening, like the explosive plays, but really like Thorne stepping up, that was just exciting. And if you didn't know, if anyone tells me they play high school together again, I'm just going to, I'm just going to mute the TV. I'm so sick of that. Did you know that Matt Trainin also plays basketball? He does also play basketball. Yes, I did. I have heard that before. And then Drew Neitzel is ambidextrous. Uh, Yes. Yes, that is correct. Um, but no, um, I think the other thing that was really positive was seeing, uh, Jalen Naylor have a breakout day, get over yeah, They went to him and they went to him often. And that's important down the stretch. I mean, there, there's a, we talked about this before the year. I felt that the starters were eight to nine win quality. And I think that's showing out. We talked about this, but the really concern, the real concern was depth. And it's not. I mean, there's some decent depth. Look, I mean, they play nine offensive linemen. And quite frankly, I, I've lost track of who's in during given snaps. I really don't tell that much of a difference other than I think Nick Samek is better than Brian Allen. And I, I tend to notice that that difference. But uh, for the most part, I you know, whoever's out there, I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out other stuff like, like, like who's it, like how the corners are covering. Um, but where I'm seeing a lack of depth is at running back right now and wide receiver. Starting yes. five receivers, starting three are good. I mean, they are good. Trey Mosley is absolutely a quality. He, he is a quality Big Ten. He's going to have seven hundred yards. He's going to have like seven hundred yards. Maybe. We're going to look up and be like, "Where did this like Trey Mosley like really?" But he always makes some big play where he has like a big forty-yard game. You're like, "Oh, there's Trey Mosley!" Like, sure as anything, third wide receiver just making plays. But yeah, I, I agree. The drop off. I mean. When, when Montour Foster, who had, who graded out pro football focus, who I know we're not the biggest fans of, graded out their best run blocker, when Fitzpatrick's in the game, it's guaranteed a run, and that can't continue. They have Correct. to throw those guys at some point. They, the other teams can't watch those guys run in and just be like, all out blitz because no chance they're throwing. That just can't happen. And then right. the drop-off to Simmons has been considerable. I'm a big Simmons fan, but I'm he's not. not Kenneth Walker. And you, I know you're not. Oh my God, I know you're not. But we need, I mean, we need to get Collins healthy. And actually, Mel Tucker talked about it a little bit. And I was surprised. He was pretty candid. Normally, he doesn't talk about injuries, but he said, you know, he's a little sore, but he'll, you know, he'll be ready when he's, you know, soon. So hopefully, I mean, I do think we need to see what Elijah Collins can do because Simmons just is not, you know, the same impact as Kenneth Walker. And to be fair, I think Kenneth Walker's an NFL running back. So to ask him to be the same is, that's tough. I think most people think he's an NFL running back, but um, I think I, my, my, I think part of the issue late late in the games um, is 
that they don't have that second running back to take the load off of Walker. Because right. if you think about it, I mean, look, Walker hasn't had a run over 30 yards since the opener. Yeah. I Which mean, is, and he was hurt this game. Did you see him limping? I mean, he was hurt. They tried to ice him in the fourth quarter, and they had to bring him back. You yes. do not want to have to bring this guy back in the fourth quarter. Like, you should be able to put it back in and make it happen. And that's why I'm surprised. I mean, they obviously, like, listen, this coaching staff, I will credit them because they play the best player. We have seen that. So, I mean, Thorne is playing, right? That means to me that they look over their own biases to play the best player. But I start to wonder in the back of my mind, why isn't a guy like England getting some carries? Why, you know, why are they going to someone else but Simmons if he's not getting through the yards? Maybe he's just not good enough. But I, I would like someone else to get a chance if if Simmons can't get it done because you just can't run Walker that much because by game 10 against Ohio State, he might not have anything left in the tank. Yeah, I mean, he already has 100 rushes on the year, which is, I mean, that's a lot. Um, you know, he's he's on pace. He's I mean, he's averaging 20 carries a game. You know, you, you're going to end up at a, you know, 200, and, you know, assuming he's got to run a lot against Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. I mean, you could end up with this kid having a, you know, a 260 carry year or something, um, 270 or something with the bowl, um, depending on what happens. I, I think you have to give him some relief down the stretch, especially these next two weeks against Rutgers and against Indiana. And that's not a disrespect to either of those teams. You need to build a little bit more depth at, at the skill spots so that you can continue yes. to have these explosive plays. You're, you're already running Naylor on kick returns and read on punt returns and now read on kick returns. You know, he's doing it all. Um, and he's great. He's a great player. The difference between a Michigan State and Ohio State is that their fifth, you know, MSU's fifth receiver is, you know, Montori Foster and Ohio State's fifth receiver is a five-star freshman. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It, no, it's true. It is. It's true. And it's, and it's just, uh, I mean, it's just the way of the world right now. And I, you know, I know mean, like Mel Tucker's building depth, but it's, this can be a problem going down the stretch. And I, but as you did say, and I do really appreciate the rotation of the offensive line has been good. Luke Campbell has been solid, which is like one of the yes, more man. shocking things to me. Um, I mean, him and Blake Buter have been some of our strongest linemen, and that's like a, a credit to Cap, but like just a real credit to the overall depth. And that's going to pay dividends come Ohio State, come Penn State, when our linemen are you know kind of on their six or seven, like a normal lineman playing for Michigan, who only runs five linemen. You know, they're going to be on their sixth or seventh game instead of their twelfth game freshness wise which can go a long way same with the defensive line I think that can help down the field but as you said if you don't get depth at these skill positions and I just don't see where it comes that might be where this team falls off down the stretch well you have to get Joyner or Eaglin in at running back one of the two has to has to get a series you know a series each half or Collins or Collins if he can get healthy I'm assuming Collins isn't back till after the bye I just, fair, I just, fair. I mean, it's very possible. I, I, I just think if, if, if it's the hamstring issue, I think, I think you have to give him till after the bye. And that never gets, I will just say that never gets better. Like that takes, that's, that could linger for it's a while. It's an off season, right? So, I mean, you need yeah. an off season. And that's, um, but I, I guess what, what bothers me, you know, as I'm kind of looking, not bother, I mean, we're nitpicking, right? We're, we're talking about being able to take that step. I, I'm not worried, you know, they're going to make a bowl. Okay. They might, they might be bowl eligible this weekend. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers here and, you know, against, uh, against Miami, there were, there, you know, Thorne had a long of 22 and Walker had a long of 26. Okay. Well, against Nebraska, you have, you know, Jordan Simmons had a t- one 10 yard rush and Walker had a 23 yard carry. 
um, against Western Kentucky. Walker had a 15-yard carry, and that's it. The explosive runs really aren't there. And it's great that the passing game is, is you know, fantastic. I think there's been at least a 40-yard pass in every game. Um, but they need a little bit more balance on offense to really – because I'm not expecting the defense to all of a sudden become locked down, okay? So it's got to it's got to the offense has to continue to perform at a high level, and I think I, I think the best way to do that is um, I, I think you just have to develop a second a, a second running back. I think that's more important than anything else. Yeah, right now I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I mean, as you all know, we're we're thin a lot of places. Before we get to Rutgers, one more thing I think we should discuss is like what is targeting and what is. Not that. Uh, what is going on? Like, I just don't understand. I, I was so certain that wasn't targeting. I like turned away. I was like, oh, I, I like literally went to the bathroom. I was like, oh, that's not targeting. And I came back and he was gone. I was like, oh, that is, uh, that might be the worst call I've ever seen. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, but that's, but that's a huge pain in, you know, pain in the butt. Like losing, I mean, I think, you know, probably the most, probably the leader of your defense outside of Henderson, probably, you know, very important position, that middle linebacker. I mean, tough to lose Halliday for a half here against Rutgers, especially a team that runs a lot. I mean, that sucks. Because, I, mean, I mean, you're literally playing Noah Harvey. And, like, all credit to Noah Harvey. He has starting experience. That's a concern going into this weekend. Did I lose you? No, I, I, had, my mouth. I had food in my mouth. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> dead air. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I had. It, I, I thought you were going to talk longer, so I took. No, a big I just want. No, I took a big bite. I, I took a big bite of food. Sorry, that's um, my bad. Yeah, and I think the other thing to. I mean, the other thing that that's really working. I mean, look, they're they're winning with. Big field position swings because they've had good special teams. They have a good kickoff returns. They're twenty fourth. They're actually first in the Big Ten in kickoff returns. They're first in the country in punt returns. Um, I mean, literally. I mean, you can't get any better than that. They have a two touchdowns. I think that's. I think one other team has, but they weren't. You know, they weren't as long as Reeves. Um, and they they they've only turned it over three times in five games. Okay. And that, I mean, that's part of the reason like Thorne was our guy, right? Like I thought mm-hmm. we thought Russo was a cowboy and we thought at the very least Thorne would take care of the ball. Now he's turned out to be better than that. But I think that, I mean, I think that's one of the main reasons he's your quarterback. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, they, they've only forced eight turnovers in five games. Okay, that's a that's it's certainly fine, but it's not you know it's not otherworldly. You know, Iowa leads the country with 12, um, 12 interceptions alone. Let alone, um, I think they have sixteen takeaways in the ga- in five games or something. That's that's insane. That's actually insane. Eight in five games, completely completely sustainable. So, really, other than the defensive yardage, I'm not seeing anything that's like, hey, that you know, just from a number standpoint, that's that stands out as crazy. And, and quite frankly, from watching the games either. You know they're executing on offense. Generally, they're not turning it over. They're not. They're they're taking calculated risks and they're converting. I mean, they're just playing fundamental football. 
And so I think they're, I mean, this, this is, a, I think this is a, a baseline eight to nine win team. Um, but in order to get to that, you know, they got to go through, a, you know, a road game against a conference opponent and a, a one with a pulse in, um, in Rutgers. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, I, I think that's a great time to turn to Rutgers. So obviously Rutgers is coming off a tough stretch, playing Michigan in a close game, heartbreaking loss. I mean, you know, they were up for that. Then getting the doors beat off them by Ohio State, which to be fair, that normally happens to everyone but Oregon these days. So I, I think this is a really good time to, for Michigan State to get them. I think like you have to be exhausted. You just can't get up for that many games in a row. I'm interested to see what Rutgers we get. I do think they'll be there in the first half. You know, will they fade down the stretch? And that's something I think will be really interesting to see. But to to start with Rutgers offense, I'll turn it over to you. Kind of a similar, you know, the same quarterback we saw last year who really tore us apart in Vedral. Yeah. So I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put a ton of. Um, a ton of stock in last year's game because I think MSU outgained them by like 120 yards or something like that, but lost by as much as they did because of seven turnovers. So we knew about that. And I that was like that was our first, that was literally like our first practice. That's what it felt like, basically. And um, they ended up. Um, I mean, that, that game was miserable. I mean, it was just miserable to watch, and uh, no one knew what Shiana was going to run in. Their defense really flummoxed the offensive line, and you know, Jaden Reed I think fumbled twice, and Naylor fumbled. You know, Lombardi threw two picks. I mean, it was just an ugly, ugly game. Um, between that, though, uh, you know, Rutgers didn't. They played cleaner. I think they had two or three turnovers of their own, um, but they're not perfect by any means. They didn't play a perfect game, but there was, you know, it wasn't MSU's affront to all things that are college football, right? So this year, Rutgers is a offense is very similar. They are a everything underneath conservative dink and dunk, uh, run, run, convert a six yard screen pass for a first down. I mean, it is the most boring possible Dan Rochar inspired offense I can imagine. I mean, it's, it is. It's really painful to watch, um, and it's it's more so that their their number one receiver Bo Melton is probably out for the game. I thought he was one hundred percent out, but now he's just like most likely out from what I've read. Um, I, I I don't know what the, what they're going to do to move the ball. I mean, th- this is not a this is I mean, mostly we know a, what they're going to try to do. I mean, they're just going to give it to Pacheco. I, every game I've seen, that's all. <clears> that's the only guy who touches the ball. That is literally like a 50 to 60% of the time that Pacheco has the ball in one way or another. Yes. So, and on that point, they're not doing too well with it. Okay. There's, there's nothing, no. there's nothing, there's nothing particularly impressive about the Rutgers, the Rutgers offense. Okay. They're not, they don't throw it well. They don't particularly run it well. Um, they don't really turn it over, I guess, is probably the best thing I can say. Um, and it's not, I'm not trying to insult them. I mean, that's just not, 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 their offense isn't the strength of their team. Okay. Um, it, it's just not their, um, what do I want to say? You know, uh, Vidral, it, it's, you know, it says he's completed, you know, two thirds of his passes. Okay. 66%. Uh, but he's only averaging 6.6 yards a pass attempt. I mean, that is, that is, 
so I, I can't, I, I, I don't even understand. I mean, that, that is like peak Northwestern Dan Persa level dink and dunk. Um, you know, I think their longest pass play on the year, I guess they, they have a, a 75 yarder to Crookshanks. Um, and, but it, I think that was against Delaware. I mean, they had one. The well, thing is, is, is Vidrell has got 6.6 6 yards of pass attempt because he was at 12.7 against De- Delaware. He hasn't had a single game against FBS competition where he was over like 5.6. He's so inaccurate, even on these like short, like 10 yard throws. I don't th- I think they're doing what they can. I really don't think he has the accuracy to throw that a deeper ball. I mean, he's throwing slants when I was watching the Michigan game earlier where he's missing these receivers on like simple slants coming towards the middle, like not out routes, not like, you know, more difficult throws. I mean, these are throws that a college quarterback should be able to make and he was just not able to hit them. So, I mean, I think that just might be their limitation. Uh, I, I just don't think he, I, I really just, you know, I'm sure he's a great kid and all. I just don't think he is, you know, that um, just doesn't have like that arm talent that maybe, a, you know, Peyton Thorne does with that accuracy. It just didn't seem like he had the most accurate ball. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, his his um, I mean, his numbers are, are greatly boosted by playing Delaware. Okay, that's that's the that's that's the short version. Um, he completed eighty percent of his passes against Delaware. Okay, um, and seventy eight percent of them against Syracuse. Otherwise, fifty five percent against Temple, fifty eight percent against Michigan, sixty one percent against Ohio State. But I mean, listen to this: five point one yards an attempt against Temple. 5.2 against Syracuse, 5.0 against Michigan, 5.8 and three interceptions against Ohio State. The thing to note is he hasn't thrown an interception on the year until he played Ohio State. So he's protect, he's got six touchdowns, three interceptions. He's protecting the ball better. But I mean, Ronnie uh, Pacheco, 3.8 yards a carry. That's yeah, that's I'm, it. Yeah, I mean, that's, they, I mean, I'm telling you, they found so many ways to get him the ball. I was kind of like. It's kind of, like you said, super boring. I mean, they would even line him up in the slot to give him like that little like pop pass that we give to Reed sometimes. Like, I mean, telegraph it more, like give it to a receiver, change it up. I mean, they just found a way to get him the ball in every situation, which is fine. I mean, if that's your guy, but I mean, obviously he's the guy to watch out for. He's the guy that got the majority of their carries. Uh, Was he impressive? Sometimes. I mean, sometimes he went through, uh, he did a good job against Michigan. I was impressed other times. He doesn't have that breakaway speed. He's kind of a bigger back. Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I just was not overly impressed with their offense. I know they're. Uh, I, listen, Rutgers isn't bad, but this is like kind of the team that I see Michigan State being able to match up really well with because I do think the strength of our defense is our defensive line and stopping that run and to make Vedral beat us. Like I just don't know if he can do it. I guess or his mat- our matchup against their. With our struggling passing defense, I think this is a welcome task after a Western Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, look, they'll run two tight end sets, but it's really they really the base offense is I think three or four receivers, um, you know, and in one running back, and, and they do try to run it up the gut quite a bit between the tackles, but their their offensive line is is not good. Um, I know that's not that's not too crazy to say. Um, but you know they're only comp- they're only converting about thirty nine percent of their third downs. Um, you know their 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 yards per completion is one hundred and twenty seventh in the country. Okay, that means that means if the guy catches the ball, they average nine point four yards an attempt. MSU's is like fourteen and a half. 
I mean, think about it, if you complete 20 passes in a game, okay, you're looking at 120 yard plus difference between the offenses. That's huge. Um, <clears throat> you know, and they're not much better. I mean, I think total offense they're at like in the hundreds or something. Um, yeah, 102 in total offense, and their scoring offense isn't much better. I mean, it, it's 29 and a half, 8.8 points. But again, they've already played Delaware. Uh, they've already played their bad teams. And it, this just isn't an offense that's going to get you. You know, Pacheco, I guess, in the past has broken one um, from time to time. Um, uh, but not this year. I mean, it's just not there. Their offensive line is just such – I mean, it's it's not just one position, Ronnie. I mean, it's their, it's their left tackle. It's their right tackle. And their left tackle, Raekwon O'Neal, probably isn't even playing this weekend. Um, they should struggle. This, this, this should be a, um, a real opportunity um, to get the defense off the field. I mean, and yes. they aren't, you know, honestly. Um, On third and 11, is, I, I, I expect to get off the field this week, whereas previous weeks I didn't see it happening. Right. And so that that's my um, – I guess, I mean, look, this is, this is a, they'll, they'll run a lot of screen passes to Aaron Crookshanks, who's a former guy at Wisconsin, receiver from Wisconsin, who's like a slot receiver. Um, and they'll run a lot of dive plays and Vidral will run the op, the, uh, you know, the read option. And he's okay enough at that. Yeah. He's not, I mean, he's not Martinez and he's not King. You know, Michigan State has luckily faced some mobile guys. They are not going to be surprised by you know anything what Vidrell can do. No, Vid- I mean Vidrell's law. I mean, look, Vidrell's been he's only been sacked five times, which I think is pretty impressive. But he's only run three point seven yards a carry, one you know long of fifteen. Um, not a, not an offense that really keeps you up at night, and certainly a welcome change from Western Kentucky. Yes, yes, I think that's I think that's pretty fair. Uh, on the flip side, I mean, their defense has really become a calling card. I mean, Shiano's a defensive first coach. I think we all we all know that. Um, and they started out the year, I mean, really hot. And then the, the thought was, hey, maybe um, you know, you know, Michigan will be a test for this defense. I mean, look, uh, they held Michigan to twenty points. Yeah, Michigan, uh, Michigan, like gashed them running on the first drive, and after that, Michigan couldn't run the ball, and that was quite impressive, actually. Michigan ran, I think it was like 70 yards in the first drive. And I, for the rest of the game, they did not do much. I mean, it was quite, I, like I said, like very impressive. I, I think the defensive line is good. I mean, Michigan State, I mean, I know I hate comparing it to last year because it was so early, but they played that like slant. And I, you might be able to like that the guy who played right off. That, and it just literally destroyed us all day. Now, obviously, with that's something we can be ready for. But I mean, that was, uh, I mean, it's something they're not bad at. And I thought they did a good job against Michigan. I, I, I thought, especially in the second half, I think they held Michigan only to three points. I mean, quite impressive yep. against, you know, I mean, I don't think Michigan's offense is great, but that's that's for another podcast. But still, at least they showed some life. Um, and, well, and they're I mean, not look, like, just going to be an easy pushover. I mean, they, they did better against Michigan than Wisconsin did. Yes. So the question, I mean, the, this is where it starts to come into what comes into question. So, uh, and, and that is, you know, how, how many times can you get up for a game? I mean, Rutgers really went all out against Michigan and then Ohio state came to town the very next week and just, uh, you know, just steamrolled them, you know, Ohio yeah, they state look slow. Out. They look slow. So I, I, I started to watch highlights for, you know, preparing for this and I don't know why I started with the Ohio state 
game, and I was like, this is a slow team. They look much faster against Michigan. Uh, I mean, but that's tough. You go in a hard-hitting, you know, fought battle where you could have beat Michigan. Then you got to play Ohio State the next week. Now you're playing, you know, a top 11 team who's finding confidence in themselves. That's a really tough three-week stretch. It kind of reminds me a few years ago when Michigan State had that, like, crazy run where they had to play, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, and Wisconsin three consecutive weeks uh, in D'Antonio's final year. And, like, by the time we got to Wisconsin, like, the team was dead. Right. And I think I think that you're kind of seeing something similar here, um, probably with Rutgers. So, so their defense is definitely their calling card. Um, I, I think the thing to understand is is how their defensive line works. So that that it the, the proper term is the cocked nose. I know it's funny, haha, to say, uh, but what it means is that you're 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 oh, you're such a child. Your um, one tech, the person that's outside the sh- the center's shoulder is slanted at like a 45 degree angle. That's what it means to be cocked. Um, his job is uh, just to be lack of a better term to ear hole the center. He, he just goes sideways in the center. Can't get his shoulders square. So he can't, he can't get his body weight behind him fast enough to meet, meet the nose tackle. So he's inevitably going to get blown up most plays. Okay. He gets pushed into the guard next to him, and all of a sudden the nose tackle has taken out two offensive linemen by himself. Okay, That happened repeatedly last year against Rutgers, and Matt Allen got his lunch handed to him. Okay, that's the, I hate to say it, but he got annihilated in that game. Um, and it's the same guy, Julius Turner. Same same players back um, this year, which is great. Yay. Um, what they what they do though is, Ronnie, do you understand what a stunt is in yes football? Okay, so the idea behind a stunt only because is, you told me though. I mean, I would not have known without your explanation. <laughs> so basically, it's where two defensive players switch gaps. Okay, so if the linebacker is supposed to take the you know the a gap opposite of the nose tackle the nose tackle takes that gap and the linebacker goes where the nose tackle is okay so the idea is that it's it's a post snap change of responsibility that confuses the offensive line where you'll usually see it you, you might hear it oh the d end looped around and came up the middle for a sack okay well that looping around he's coming from outside of the shoulder of the tackle which is the five technique and he's coming through what where the the defensive tackle is outside the guard inside of the guard which is the three technique um i'm sorry outside of the shoulder of the guard three technique coming through that way so the guard's expecting the d lineman to be there d lineman's not there so the guard either releases to the second level or is confused and in that moment the d end is coming through that gap gets past gets in the backfield the downside to this, as you can probably understand, is that it takes a while to set up. And George Perlis was really famous for the stunt 4-3 defense, which is what this is. It's a version of that. Um, and the idea is that you, you by stunting, you shut off, in his defense at least, you shut off the running lanes to either side. And you basically force a run up the gut where Percy Snow can knock you into next week, right? Um, made him a superstar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here, it's this is more of a like a, it's supposed to just muck, muck up your run lane and with the nose tackle slanting in potentially closing down two gaps by himself all of a sudden you 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 give the edge back to the defense okay 
The downside is that it takes a while to set up. And if your lineman can catch the people in mid, or you have a quick hitting run play, um, and you catch people in mid, um, you know, mid stunt, you're going to blow them right off the line. And that's what happened. You know, when Rutgers got smoked last year, that's what happened. And that's what Ohio State was able to do. Um, so really excellent test of your defensive, of your offensive line. Um, and, and certainly, a, certainly a good test. Um, uh, Rutgers is aggressive with their, with their blitzing though. Um, you're talking about the 24th ranked team again, with terms of sacks, they average three sacks a game. Um, that's, that's pretty significant, you know, five games in, I mean, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I, I, I a hundred percent agree. So, I mean, that's a, look, they've got, you may have heard about, you know, about the paintball issue. The paintball issue? Paintball. No, I do not. I do not. So, um, Max Milton. <laughs> so, Melton. <laughs> so, but Bo Melton, you know, they're, they're, what I guess passes yes. for a star receiver. He's out probably. His younger brother, Max, is, is one of their top cornerbacks, one of their starters. Uh, he and another guy got like arrested for like some criminal thing with paintball guns. Like, I don't know what it was, like, like assault with a paintball gun. And so he's like out because of the paintball gun. Huh? Because of the paintball I mean, gun, you know that's. I don't know. Okay, that sucks for him. I don't know. Well, that's the Who thing. Knows? I mean, no, no, it's okay. What were you saying? No, I do. I, I don't really understand. So, like, he, they're suspending him. He's not hurt. He's like internally suspended. Is what you're saying? Pending an investigation. Gotcha. Okay, go on. Yeah. So that's that's the. That you know that that's where it's at. So you know you know Rutgers run defense. They're giving up three point seven yards a carry. That's that's respectable. Um, their pass defense has been decent. You know they're fiftieth in pass efficiency defense. They've given up, um, but this is kind of the inverse of MSU. So they've only given up one hundred eighty six yards a game through the air. Well, they've played some of the the absolute worst teams. Uh, yeah, and even and I thought Michigan actually made some headway against them. Like I said earlier, with and then like with I think lesser receivers. You know, Jaden Reed is better than pretty much anyone Michigan has, and I mean I think Peyton Thorne is better than Cade McNamara. And I thought Michigan had openings to make big plays in the passing game. So I mean, like you like you're saying, who have they really played? And I would say Michigan is not a strong passing team, and that might be the best passing team they face besides Ohio State. Well, how cracking that beer, huh? No, this is a Lacroix. He's got a beer. No, it's it's. it's, I'm just kidding, man. Just drinking water. I'm thirsty. Talking about Rutgers, thirsty work. Um, Also, I'm having Indian food, which is, let me tell you, a little salty. It's delicious, though. Anyways, um, back to the matter at hand. Sorry, I'm really nerding out here. here's the thing. Rutgers, Rutgers like pass defense is a, the run defense is decent. Okay. They don't give up a lot of the yards on the ground and Ohio state. I think you can, you can kind of nod that. Um, I mean, Trevon Henderson had a 44 yarder, but no one else had more than 22. Um, it was really CJ Stroud, um, 330 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, he, he blew them up. And, and that's really the weakness of their defense is, is just the lack of next level athletes in the back seven. Um, particularly like, so Avery Young's their safety. I mean, Syracuse got behind him 
okay, on slot fades. If you get Jaden Reedon matched up on him, it's six. He cannot, he cannot run. They'll blitz the safeties and they're good at it. I mean, Avery Young can, can get you behind the line of scrimmage for sure. But this is for a quarter's defense, their DBs can get beat downfield. Okay. And it, so quarter's defense, meaning, meaning cover four. I mean, this is not, Ronnie, I'm telling you, this is a, um, this is a, this is a pass defense that looks good statistically because they haven't faced decent passers. Okay. Yeah. No, I think, I think that will be, I honestly think Michigan State in this game, I don't think they'll be able to run because I think Matt Allen is going to get his, like you said, his lunching. I think they're going to have to, they're going to have to throw to run. And I think they should be able to do it. Well, I, I think you can throw to run, but I, I think Rutgers, Rutgers' strength is going to be between the tackles. I think Michigan was in shockingly arrogant. Imagine that um, in their approach and that they tried to pound between the tackles repeatedly. And that's right in the strength of this defense. I mean, right up the gut. And um, I'm going to butcher this guy's name like I do every week. But um, Olakuni Fatukasi. I think yeah. that sounded exactly like what it was. So he's the, he's their name. yeah he, he's their weak side linebacker he's their you know he's got some NFL interest um, you know six two two forty he's a fifth year senior um, he, he's a legitimately good player he's also a two down linebacker he's a between the tackles stopper for the most part he's a, he's a weak side guy doesn't do a great job of covering in space but can really blitz well he's kind of like a bigger Greg Jones if you think about it maybe like a lower middle class Greg Jones type um, you know he'll be he'll be second team all big 10 or something like that. Um, probably the biggest quote unquote star on their defense. You can, I think Rutgers lacks lateral speed and I think Kenneth Walker, and I'm surprised that in Michigan didn't try to run quorum laterally as much. This is a game where you want, if you've got, you know, if you've got pitch plays, if you've got speed option plays, you, you, you beat, you beat, um, you beat Rutgers with right now you beat them with athletes okay and msu has them especially with between naylor reed walker you can get behind them you can get past them you're gonna have to pick up some blitzes some safety blitzes but if you do that there are explosive plays to be had yeah i think i think this is a good game for like you said the getting walker to the outside which you can do but also like a bubble screen i think will work very well, if, you know, if you get miss one tackle, you can be gone real quick in these, with these guys. Well, you know, that's a good point, especially when you have a bigger guy like um, um, like Trey Mosley. I mean, their corners are, are 5'10", 185, yeah. you know, 5'11", I mean, Chris, Chris, I mean, they're smaller types. Yeah, Christian Izian is 200 pounds, 5'10". I mean, I, you know, he doesn't look that fast to me. I, I do believe, like, if we get read against him in space, like, he's gone. And that's just yeah. It's one of their that's safeties. my thought process. Yeah, I mean Sorry, this is yeah, this safety. is not, yeah, but this but I, mean, I was talking about the corners are you know five right. ten five eleven in the one night you know they they aren't the muscled up no quote unquote types and the thing is is that I mean the scheme the scheme is there's nothing wrong with the scheme that they run it's actually pretty smart quarters coverage is is not isn't too far from what D'Antonio ran they don't press their corners as much they back them off a little bit. Um, so it's not really a press quarters. Um, but if you remember, you know, the flats are usually open. That's here too. And you can isolate a slot receiver on a, on a, on a safety. You can get some big plays downfield. Same concept. Could, 
could be a very big day for Naylor. It could be a very big day for Mosley, depending on where they play everybody. Could, all three of them. I mean, you have to pass protect against those stunts. That's the concern. It's a, It's probably – I, I want to see how, how Coach Cap adjusts after getting smoked last year by this scheme, and, and, and rightfully so. If you, do, if you don't prepare for it – you're going to, exactly what happened to MSU is going to happen. And they did not know it was coming, to be fair. No, how could they? they? Had no it, was, idea. it was his right. first game. So, no, no, um, no, I guess in the in retrospect, there's no there's no shame in how the offensive line performed, but this is a big, it, it's it's a legit test. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, you know, this is kind of crazy, um, Rutgers special teams are very good. Like, very good. They have Tell a, me more. Well, they're, a guy they're, named Fava Guy. Guy Fava. I, he doesn't play, yes. but I have, that's the best name. <laughs> no, but, but 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 their punter has a better average than than Bryce Berenger. Now that is impressive. Yeah, he's number one in the country. Berenger literally has like Mike, Mike Sadler in his leg. So that is very impressive. Yeah, Rutgers is literally number one. Like state's seventeenth in the country in net punting. Rutgers is number one. I think they've allowed three total punt return yards, not returns, but yards all game, all season long. That's rather good. Yeah, so there's going to be you're going to have to go the length of the field against them. Um, oh, I know. I take that back. You know what? Their punt return defense isn't great. Six point six yards a punt, punt, uh, punt return, but their but their punters averaging like fifty three yards an attempt with a lot with to like be a fair, lot of sixty nine. Not that that means you know that's not good in general, but I mean Reed scored his second touchdown by the outkick of the coverage. I, I do believe, and I don't know if this will happen this week. Teams will start kicking out of bounds rather than giving Jaden Reed any shot to play. That's I think that will start happening. I don't know if Rutgers is, you know. If they're going to have that kind of you know change in scheme that fast, but I mean, how I mean, people are not going to keep kicking the ball, Jaden Reed, if he keeps doing what he's doing. And I wonder if we start seeing that this week, like completely taking him out, you know, angling it towards the sideline, maybe giving up a few yards for no return. You know that that's fair. And in Michigan's AJ Hunting that did have a twenty-nine yard return on them, um, and uh, Corsack, that's that's the name of their guy. Um, he only had two cat two kicks for forty-eight yards. I'm sorry, each um, for 40.5 with a long of 48, and, and Michigan got a 29-yard return on them. So may, maybe you're right. Maybe there's an opportunity there. I just saw that, and it kind of you know stuck out at me as that's kind of a big no, deal. No, no, <laughs> that is definitely a big deal. Just the, I mean, Western Kentucky's punter was good. He outkicked his coverage, and bye-bye Jaden Reed, you know. So, I mean, yeah, I know. Obviously, that's a weapon for Michigan State, and Rutgers may be good at it. I, I just don't know if teams are going to keep giving Jaden Reed. I, we don't know yet, but. I think teams. I think Shiano's a smart guy. I I don't see them people kicking their Jaden Reed anymore. I, I just wouldn't. There's no point to. No, I and I think that I think that 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 helps you because people start shanking punts. They start punting shorter, yes. and that's yes. and that's and 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 then and then by avoiding him, they they give you they give you more and more field position. I, do I, I, do I, you I, remember the game that Michigan State's just real quick that they like were going to rugby punt because they didn't want Ted Ginn to return it and he scored twice. <laughs> Yes, yes, I do. That was that was amazing. I felt you bad. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Like they're I, like, we're gonna change our party. <laughs> it's not funny. Sorry. I, I I I guess I keep going. You know, I a part of me feels like okay, this this seems like a, like it should be a pretty straightforward 
win. It may not be easy, but yes. I, think it, it, I think I think it's a game you, 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 if as a state fan you feel pretty good about. But I keep going back to that game against Michigan and Rutgers. Here's the thing: they got overwhelmed by Ohio State, but this team doesn't quit. This is not a get up ten nothing on a team and they're going to lay down. No, um, I agree. They and they don't beat themselves like you said. No, they don't. Not anymore. You know they they've been very good at turnovers. I mean, really. I mean, really. And they're solid tacklers. They're solid tacklers. I thought they did a they great are. job with Corum. I thought they did a great job with when they had guys in space to make plays. So like you said, you cannot expect Rutgers to beat themselves and you most definitely cannot take them lightly. Like they are going to be there. They're not going to yeah. quit. I do think in the fourth quarter, if you're winning, they could run out of gas just based on the last two weeks. Yeah. I think in the second half, you know, I, I think, I think the, the, the time, but again, I think state has got a concern after having their defense on the field for 90 snaps for coming, going right from the, the heat in Miami to a, a exhausting game against Nebraska in overtime to chasing Western Kentucky over the field. I mean, this team, this team could use a slow it down, grind it out type win. Um, yes. quite frankly, where it's, where, you know, I, I think, you know, Rutgers ran 70, you know, about 70 plays against Michigan or so. And, uh, you know, Michigan, I think Michigan only ran 50, 52, you know, that's pretty, you know, that, that that's, that's pretty crazy to me. Um, you know, Ohio state ran, let's see, 37 plus 27 is 64 plays. Okay. And Rutgers ran 71, you know, differences they were outgained by nearly 200 yards. So, <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, look, uh, Rutgers has forced, um, six fumbles on the year, but those were all in the first three games. So you wonder, you wonder if that's, um, you know, that's probably why they had such a good start against Syracuse and Delaware and all that jazz, you know, are, is, 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 is their talent really catching up to them? You know? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. The competition has gotten better and it's been, uh. You know, they, I think they're fading a little bit, but they're still a, a solid opponent. They're not, like you said, they're not the Rutgers of old. Disrespectful to call them Butkers. I apologize to any but you know Rutgers fan listening. Um, you know, I know they don't like Mel Tucker's chopping. Have you heard that? They that oh, stop. stole their chop. Have you heard that? Like they're like yes. actually they've said they're like everybody knows Rutgers chops. Literally, not one person, not even like Ray Rice knows. Like nobody knows. You got to be kidding me with that. So I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, and I, I guess the other thing to, to keep in mind is is that they were actually now that I'm looking at this, um, they were Rutgers was plus eight in turnovers in their first two games. Um, they forced five turnovers. They, they beat Temple like sixty two to nothing or, or sixty two to 61 to fourteen. It's because they forced three fumbles and two interceptions. They only it's they only outgained Temple. He's bad. He's bad, but my I guess my point is is that um, you know I guess I should I should respect their turnover margin a little bit more or maybe a little bit less. Um, Syracuse had three had three turnovers. Temple had five turnovers, and they haven't forced a turnover in three weeks. So I mean I, I guess you're due. I mean State's only turned it over three times, um, but I mean look look Rutgers has only turned it over four. At some point, yeah. at some point, I mean, you're going to cough it up. It's because of, it's because of that boring offense, like you said. They don't they don't take a lot of risks, so there's not a lot of chance to turn it over. 
and you know vice versa so yeah i mean it'll be interesting they're not going to beat themselves they're not going to give it they're not going to give it to us five times on the ground no i don't michigan think state so. will just have to michigan state will just have to you know honestly like and they can i believe we have the athletes we have the explosive guys both offensively and defensively that you know this should be a comfortable win um, this is a game you need to take care of if you're Mel Tucker. You know, you need to get to 6-0. and You need to keep this momentum going. You can't afford a loss to Rutgers. This is just not – not that Rutgers is bad, but you are a different level team now. That's just the way. Can you lose any game? Yes. But, I mean, you need to make a statement. You need to get to Indiana 6-0 and with that chance to get into that by 7-0. There's, this is just an unacceptable game to lose. You can lose all the momentum on the year if you lost this game. Yeah, and I, I think that goes back to, you know, these games matter. Um, they do because now, now this, you know, before the year, you even maybe consider this a toss up, you know, okay, just win one of Rutgers, you know, two of the three of Rutgers, Maryland and Purdue. Well, now, now you're expected to win all three. And yes. now, if you, now, now, now you feel bad if you lose one of these three. And, and that's what, you know what, when the higher, you, higher you climb, the farther you can fall. And that's a really, um, you know, it's just it's just the nature of, of what happens when you have success. And I think two things I want to talk about really quick, and I know we got to wrap up. And one you hit on is motivation, okay? Road noon games are notoriously dangerous for favored teams, right? The, 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 the favored road, if, sorry, the better team that's going on the road struggles in noon games does that make sense did i say that right it does it's early you get up you don't you're like whatever yeah not with you you're you're expected to win you think you're going to get rid and then the home team though home team's all jazzed home team's pumped up they get a chance to pull an upset save their season whatever it is and before you know it it's 14 to 3 after the first quarter and you're in a dog fight by the time you wake up it may be too late what I'm it was very happy to hear is that the first thing Mel Tucker did this week to start practice was show the entire team the tape of the seven turnovers against Rutgers last year. Yeah. Did you see yeah, that? I mean, I, I did see that. And, and I, he did talk about, you know, they asked him in the press conference, you know, how do you guard, manage expectations? And instead of just downplaying like, oh, there's no expectations or, you know, 5-0 and o is – no, he said, yeah, 5-0 and o is something. It's something you can't ignore. It's something we've addressed consistently and just to go not only the motivation of showing them that game film but just to you know there are guys in this team that have been through the bad stuff you know Beasley's been here for forever been through some tough stuff Luke Campbell I hear he's been a you know a fantastic leader he's been through the dog right. days with Antonio when things were rough I mean we have guys on this team who are we kind of have the misfit toys you know for whatever reason Kenneth Walker you know for all, you know, might be the best running back in the country, you know, didn't get the love at Wake Forest. I mean, we have guys with chips on their shoulders for various mm-hmm. reasons. I think these are the kind of games where those are great assets to have. Instead of something like D'Antonio said, you know, these guys were born on third base. We don't have any guys born on third base. You know, we have all the guys who are trying to prove something for whatever reason it may be. Maybe it's Luz Campbell to, Campbell to show one more time I'm a good football player. Kenneth Walker to get, have his NFL aspirations. I think that this is the best mix of guys for games like this. So, and, and then I think Tucker really has that, you know, that rat poison, as Nick Saban says. He, you know, he's a disciple, and I think he really is aware when there can be let down. So I think those things all work in our favor tremendously in a game like this. Yeah, and I think, and I think looking, even looking ahead, you're not going to look ahead to Indiana 
past Rutgers. And then for Indiana, you're not going to look ahead to Michigan because you got to buy. And that buy acts as a buffer. You're looking at a way to just push through and then you get a rest. Um, And so it it really sets up the the, the schedule always was actually, you know, if this was a vintage, you know, quote unquote, vintage D'Antonio team, you'd look at the schedule and be like, oh, wow, you know, it's backloaded, great chance to build momentum, et cetera. Um, You know, I certainly wasn't expecting this start. I'm thrilled. I mean, honestly, this has been the most fun I've had watching Michigan State probably since 2014 or maybe 2017. I think 2017. Um, 2017 is fun, but I think it's this is more fun. It is. It this, is. Well, I'll, I, I'll, this I'll, is more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you know, you know, a, a quick shout out, by the way, to uh, Quiveris Crouch. You know, someone that is, I think, growing by leaps and bounds every week. Uh, yes. Fourth, fourth on the team in tackles, and would have been third if not if not for Angelo Gross's crazy sixteen tackle game against a weird air raid. Right. Um, yeah. Look, look, he's got two. He's thirty two tackles two sacks. He's got 17 solo tackles, which you want, it's crazy. He's got more solo tackles than um, anyone except for the safeties. He's got more than, more than Halliday, more than anyone. Um, he's insane. He, he's, he's actually insane. He's a, he's a athletic freak and we knew that, but like, and, and it just shows, and, and you know, once again, credit to Ross Ells, it shows what a year of coaching for this kid can do because last year against Tennessee, he had no idea where he's going. Now I have confidence. He knows what he's doing and he, He's playing faster because he knows what he's doing. And when that kid is allowed to play faster, look out because he is one of the fastest people on the field, including your safeties, your quarterbacks. Like he is just a freak of nature. And now he's a freak of nature that knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, look, the, the concern, the concern for the defense is really the corner, you know, right. The, the corners and then playing off. This isn't a team you play off against. I don't think you have to, they, they don't have the guys to beat you deep. You don't have to worry about it as much. I would be really annoyed if they played Ben don't break against an offense that wants to just dink and dunk, um, force the, force the issue and shut them down. Uh, you you know, you have got a fantastic, fantastic D line, um, You've got you have that's one area you don't you don't even question the depth right with the, with the D tackles and the D ends even without Beasley. Um, you, you feel who like, they like, who they who Burton said will be back. So just yeah, but I mean when I assume Michigan, but we'll we'll talk about it later date. Yeah, we will pass so, yeah, yeah. So 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 anyways, um, this is this is a should win instead of a. Um, you know, instead of what was a toss-up, I think, or maybe a potential toss-up for the year, uh, but not one you can take lightly. And I, I think this is no. one of those where where you you consider it a Big Ten road. You take you, if you win by one or twenty, hey, who cares? It's a Big Ten road win, and um, you know that's that's a credit to Shiano and Rutgers to make this to, to make it such in such short time. Um, but yeah. you know, in, in a battle of second-year coaches, I, I like I like Tucker's chance to even the record. I agree. What uh? What's your uh, big old prediction on this one? Twenty-seven, twenty-one, MSU. Wow! I, wow! I, wow! I think I think that defense I'll be is, I'll be sweating that one out. No, I, I I can see MSU getting up and roll. And here's the thing: state second string defense is just not ready. They don't have they don't have the depth to play, especially at linebacker. And you saw what no. happened against Western Kentucky. And I can see them being up like 27-10 going into the fourth quarter, putting in the subs, thinking the game is over, we'll just get them some experience, and Rutgers doesn't stop. And all of a sudden, 
there's six minutes to go and it's third and three from the MSU 30 and you're going, oh my gosh. And then Thorne, Don't tell me that. Then Thorne reads it, you know, then Thorne runs a read option, picks up 19 and, you know, Game you, you, yeah. you miss a field goal with one minute left on the clock or something like that. And that's, you know, it's yeah. 27, 27, 20. So what about you? What are you feeling? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think they'd be able to run. And I think that's what they really like. Hang on with. Yeah. I do with Pachoco. I just don't think they're going to be able to get those games. Pacheco, Pachoco, whatever. Oh, Trano. Like we'll see what <laughs> he can do. I don't see him going that far. I don't think Vedral is going to have the success. I think our Michigan state's corners and defensive backs get better every game. Gross and Henderson are special people. They're, you know, they're just continuing to grow. I, I, I think that the offense will not struggle. I think this is perfect for Jaden Reed, perfect for Kenneth Walker. I think I see more of like a 31 to 16 type game. I think Michigan State will be comfortably ahead early and they'll, they'll never blow it open like you'd like them to. Cause uh, that's, and that's a credit to Rutgers. That's a credit to Shiano. But I think that they'll be a comfortably ahead, uh, and they will, you know, you know, win 31 16, but it will feel okay. I, I don't, I don't see. You know, I like I, I thought I think could see what you could say like a thirty-one twenty-one if Rutgers did not just play Michigan Ohio State, but I think that uh, because they did, they're going to fade in the fourth quarter, and I think you know Michigan State will take care of business and go to a uh, highly battered on a bye week Indiana team, hoping to go seven and zero and bring in Michigan. So this is the first step of a big two weeks. I mean, this two weeks makes the season of a hell of a lot more fun if they do win. Well, it it, it, it turns it turns it from step forward to special season. Yes. Right? Like you're, ta- you're talking, you're talking a group six bowl. You're talking, you know, big time bowl games against big time opponents with national branding. I mean, the, the macro on this, and we'll get into it probably on the bye week is how much money will pour into the program, what Tucker can then build. There's a lot of positive things, but to get to that point, you have to win the next two games. It can, There's just all, no- it can all be gone. In yes. three hours and twenty five minutes. Could, yes, it could literally be gone by four p four p.m. on Saturday, and we could all yep. be super pissed off. So big weekend for the Big Ten, though. Real quick, look at that uh, the oh, yeah. Iowa Penn State game, the Michigan Nebraska game. I mean, there are some games to keep eye eyes on. Wow! So it will be it will be fun weekend, and you are rooting for Iowa, everybody. If you are wondering who you are rooting for. Yeah, you have you have to because state doesn't play Iowa, and and if you're going to look down the line at a potential Big Ten title opportunity, you want Penn State and Ohio State to take losses. Yeah, because if you lose to Ohio State, which you will, but you find a way to beat Penn State, now that could there could be big changes there. So you're rooting for Iowa. There's don't even get it twisted. That's you a know, good. Let's root. Let's root for those little waving kids. You know. So come on. Yeah, I think I think also let's let's give credit to the Big Ten as a whole. And by the way, Michigan State yes. gets a lot of credit for being a part of this. Big Ten, I think, is is the best division, best league in football right now. Um, I yes. know that Alabama and Georgia are probably the best two teams, but you have five it top. Falls 11. off a cliff after those two teams. Yeah, well, our, our Arkansas is decent, right? Arkansas is decent. You know, Ole Miss is supposed to be decent. But but there's a draw. I mean, but I think Kentucky arguably is the third best team in the SEC right now. They should is, have lost to Florida. I they should have lost. Game, I did. That was ridiculous. But but here's the but but here's the thing. I mean, the Big Ten. You know, Wisconsin's off a cliff right now. All right, and it, yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't matter because you know why? Michigan State is 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 good, and that just tells you what what this program can be. 
where it's where it, there's still there's still a place. It didn't the dream didn't die with D'Antonio. And that's that's I think what Tucker has done through the first five games, but he's got he's got to win the next two, got to win yeah. the next two. Yeah, and it's, so, it's it's such a it's such a tone setter for the next so many years of his career if he can win the next two. He just it's just people the n- number ten. I know it's arbitrary, but it's not. It means so much to so many people, donors nationally, whatever. If you can find a way to get to ten, I don't care if it's how you get there. If it's nine in a bowl game, if you can find a way it makes a lot of things look a lot better. Yeah. All right. So what, what, what was your final score prediction? 31 to 16? Uh, 31 to 16. Yeah. All right. I've got them. I've got them 27, 20, a little, a little closer. Um, and I think that, I think that's it. We'll, we'll see you next week. Um, go green. Go white. We love you, Mark Stain.